Welcome to Third Eye Science. I'm your host, Susan Bontoon, and on this podcast, we will be exploring the lines between science and spirituality. As a scientist and a yogi, I've found that these two realms do not have to be mutually exclusive. With the perspective of a logical scientist, I've navigated my own spiritual journey with a curious, open mind. I'll share lessons and tools I've found along the way and have compelling conversations with spiritual leaders, teachers, yogis, healers, and fellow travelers about their experiences and practices. In this age of information and misinformation, it's time to interpret and understand the world with your third eye. Before we jump into the episode, I just want to share a couple of my upcoming offerings. We just this week completed the series that I was doing in my weekly energetic tune-up class. This is um, held on Soul Tribe Online, and this six-week series was really beautiful. Thank you to all who joined me. And after this, I'm going to be doing, for the rest of February, we're going to do a series, um, it won't necessarily be the same Kriya, same meditations or same practices every week, but the focus will be on building stability in our physical, emotional, mental bodies in our energetic field and nervous system so that we can really build on the momentum, have a a very stable foundation from which we can create our new reality as we continue into 2022. So if you would like to join, please do. Um, You can find the link in the show notes, or you can go to thirdeyescience.com slash classes. I also want to mention that my next Third Eye Science Collective session will be on March 3rd. We're going to take a deep cosmic dive into the energy of the New moon in Pisces, which is the day before that. That's on March 2nd. I am a Pisces, um, Pisces sun. And so I just love Pisces season, but Pisces season can often be very emotional and bring up sensitivities. So we will be releasing what needs to be released and we'll be calling in the wisdom that comes with our sensitivities. If you'd like to join, you can join for just that session for $13. If you'd like to sign up for all of the sessions for the remaining of 2022, that would be another 11 sessions because there's 13 total. It will be, um, you can buy a package for $133 and then you're automatically registered and all you have to do is read your email, see the link and join. (laughs) So these sessions are deep healing, energetic activations. And so even if you can't be there live, I do have the entire schedule for the year um, mapped out on my website if you want to check it out. But even if you can't be there live, all of the recordings are shared with you afterwards and you're included in the energy of the session. So if you're interested, please check it out and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Third Eye Science. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to those of you who 
Keep coming back and listening. And thank you to anyone who is new to the podcast. It is truly a transmission of energy and love. And my intention is that you receive it as such. So even if you're just listening to this in the background and the topic doesn't resonate, you still receive an energetic boost. (laughs) Um, But today I'm going to talk about something that I think all of us perhaps grapple with and um, could benefit from really considering and thinking about and perhaps diving deeper into, and that is learning to love yourself. So I'm recording this on the weekend before I'm putting it out. So by the time this podcast comes out, it will be after Valentine's Day, but Valentine's Day was this week. And it's always so interesting <laughs> to observe what happens in the like pop culture and the just the marketing around Valentine's Day. But I also think and I have I mean, I think I've even talked about it on the podcast how I've um in past years how I have this <laughs> challenging relationship with Valentine's Day, but I really, I can honestly say I've transcended that. (laughs) At least I feel like that right now. And it's because I have fully embraced this relationship with myself that I haven't had my entire life Honestly, you know, until these last few years. And it's so interesting to think back on like what what I was like even just a few years ago and what I spent much of my adult life doing. And that is seeking approval and love and acknowledgement from others and never giving it to myself. And giving it to others freely as well. You know, like I was able to give it, but never really truly to myself. And so what was the process for me? <laughs> so I can honestly tell you that I... I am single. I have been single for quite some time now. I have had many relationships, many people that I've loved in my life that have come and gone and many people that have, you know, that have stayed not in a romantic way, but in a, because, you know, love is love. It doesn't really matter if we're talking about friendships, families, or romance. It's, it's a connection. It's a recognition. Truly what it is, this is a a recognition of that you see yourself in them because your love and their love, and you can see, oh, we're the same. And yes, we're all completely unique and we all, there are people I'm sure that are easier to love (laughs) than others in your life. And you love them all the same. When you truly love someone, there are no conditions. There's, there's really, you know, I talk about unconditional love, but the truth is there is no such thing as unconditional love, because if your love has conditions, it's not actually love. So 
That's a hard one to swallow, right? (laughs) So if you, and think about this, like the people that you really love truly, and it's often family or a partner or maybe you're lucky enough to have a very dear friend that no matter what they do, you still love them. There's nothing that's going to change that love. You may have healthy boundaries and you may be able to say this was, this isn't okay with me. I'm not, you know, I'm not um, going to allow this in this relationship, this behavior or this thing, whatever it is, but you can still love them. And that, that is real, true love. So how do we manifest, cultivate that within ourselves, for ourselves? And for me, the process has been incredibly long and (laughs) challenging and not necessarily intentional. It happened through dedicating myself to getting, really getting honest with myself, getting honest with the world, right? With the people around me, including people I don't know, like you, (laughs) right? If you're listening to this and I don't know you, and here I am being super honest and vulnerable, and I think that it's really powerful. And you you probably listen to this podcast because of that, because I'm just being completely honest and vulnerable. And there's something in you that's like, yeah, I want to I wanna be able to do that too. And this is me just being an example for others. You don't have to have the same experience or you know, feel the same way about everything. You don't have to agree with me on everything to resonate with just this truth of who this is who I am. And you can feel that I'm being honest. And when you can give that to yourself, it is so incredibly powerful. So I spent, as I mentioned, I spent much of my life, certainly as a kid, just like wanting the love of my family, wanting love or, you know, of wanting approval and acknowledgement from any kind of authority figure. I, yeah, it was just constant. And it, it's not to say that my parents didn't do, didn't give it to me. It's like, I, I think as children, it's like, I grew up in a family where there wasn't a lot of emotional conversation, communication, not also not a ton of affection. I mean, I think when I was really little, there was affection, but then as you get older, it just starts getting like conditioned out of you and And they're conditioned to no longer show it as you get older, I think. And so I just wanted more, you know, I wanted, I remember being a little, very, very, very little tiny kid. And I'd walk in a room and be like, mommy, I love you. (laughs) Like I was just brimming with love. Like I was so, I was able, always constantly saying, I love you. I was super affectionate. Um, and I like, and she loved it definitely. And so it's like, I have often thought about why, yeah, why did I stop? When did I stop doing that? I don't know. And I don't know why either. 
and accept that I think it's just this weird cultural conditioning that starts to happen as you go out in the world. Because this was definitely, this is like when I was really little. So it was before I was really out and about in the world. It was like I was in this, I was just home safe and felt like I could fully be myself because I was around my family. And so it's, it's so interesting to then see how I became so quiet and reserved. And I mean, I was always quiet out in the world, but then super like talkative and gregarious when I'm in my comfort zone with the people that I know and trust. And so I think that it's, yeah, just as then I got older and went through school and just wasn't getting the love and acknowledgement that I wanted. I just wanted, it made me think, well, then I have to do things to earn it. And so then we start this crazy wheel of trying to be perfect, trying to do our best at at anything and everything. And when we aren't, not feeling good enough. And also um, not feeling seen. I think for me, when I look back, I also, on some level, knew that people didn't really understand who I truly was and what I'm capable of doing. (laughs) Like, like they don't, it's like I understood them on an emotional level because I'm an empath and I could literally feel their feelings and I knew they couldn't feel mine. And so that this like weird illusion of separation starts to get bigger and bigger and the separation becomes stronger and stronger and it's all in our mind but it's it becomes you know our mind creates our reality and so then when i became whatever a teenager i you know as i got older then i started to want the affection and love of boys and but i was super shy and so I wouldn't, yeah, I would just like, I never really got it in a way that I wanted to. Boys would flirt with me and it would, but it would never turn into a thing. And I'm sure it's because there was something within me that was not allowing them in like, oh, I don't actually deserve this love. And I never, yeah, I didn't date. I never had a boyfriend in, even in high school. I had lots of crushes and lots of people that I was, yeah, like interested in and talking to. And then it just never turned into a thing. I never had a relationship. And then it wasn't until... I went away to college where then I started drinking and drinking just made me able to completely come out of my shell and lose all of my inhibitions and just do all sorts of crazy and (laughs) unhealthy things. And I sought love through my, you know, promiscuous relationship with basically just the drinking. (laughs) Like I would just drink on the weekend so that I could then hook up with somebody. It was, honestly, it was like that. And then I um, got into my first relationship with someone that I met at a frat party. (laughs) And it was 
I have learned so much. I did learn so much from that relationship, but like it wasn't until much long at, longer after that I can say like all the things that I learned from that relationship. And so then I just went through this. I became one of those people that just had um, a relationship right after a relationship, right after, a, you know, I had to get into another relationship when one ended because I was unable to love myself enough. I felt the need to feel the, you know, to have the love of others. And for me that, you know, came in the form of men. And in the meantime, this, you know, my father had passed away. So I'm also dealing with that. And yeah, it was really, it's like, it's so sad. Now when I look back, it's like, oh my gosh, I was just, I was in so much pain. And these, you know, immature men that I was with were not capable of loving themselves. So like they couldn't really love me either. And that's not their fault. They just were um, also dealing with the same cycle in our culture of like needing approval from other people, needing, needing love from outside. And it causes these relationships to be very um, transactional. If you do this, then I'll, I'll do this. If I give this, then you should be giving that. It's all these, it's not real love. And so even even after then I had this long spell of no, no relationships, wanting, wanting, wanting a relationship so badly. And then, you know, again, going back to this like promiscuous behavior while drinking. And this is in the height of my active alcoholism. And it was just so sad. <laughs> it was, I was so unhappy. I, and I honestly, like there was some part of me every time I would meet a guy and like take him home, I thought he was going to call the next day. And of course he never called, you know, and it's like, what, you know, I don't, I don't know why women do that to themselves and, and even men, right. To some extent, I think men are doing it. They often are the ones who aren't They're You know, they're kind of the ones that do the, the ghosting, <laughs> the blowing off the girl, but it's because they're too afraid to actually get into a relationship where they may have to be vulnerable and learn to, well, and frankly, they don't love themselves, so they can't love anybody. And this is just the cycle that many of us find ourselves in, in our twenties and possibly even thirties. For me, it was in my thirties. And, and then I, you know, I got at this wake up call and got sober and even then I go into the program, I go to, to AA and I honestly, at the beginning of my sobriety, I remember thinking like, oh, this is where all the men are. <laughs> so it's so embarrassing. Like I, I really truly was like, oh my God, now I know how I'm going to find a man. <laughs> 
Luckily, I was also still fully, despite having that going on, I was fully committed to actually doing the work and um, had people that were holding me accountable. So that helped. <laughs> but all the, the while, I was still working through this um, struggle of wanting the wanting the love of of men and also finding myself so i was really there's kind of this it's not a rule but it's like a very a very strong recommendation in the 12 steps that in that first year you don't get into a new relationship and most people do not follow that rule. But I was, I took it very seriously. And I was really committed. And if you know me, you listen to this podcast, you know that like when I decide I'm going to do something, like any practice or any, you know, like I'm going to run a marathon, whatever it is, I do it. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to be in a relationship this first year. And so then, um, but I had someone that I connected with that became, that he and I became very close. And I was certain that on day 366, like he and I would get into a relationship. And what do you know? That is not what happened. (laughs) And so I had to go through this whole process with that person who, whatever he has, he had his own things. I had my things. Um, I was able to work. I mean, it was such a blessing to have that whole thing happen while I was in a place, in a safe place. He was also a really great, respectful person that didn't take advantage of, obviously, my, you know, of what was going on with me and super respectful. And so it, it was just such an amazing way for me to learn to let go of this idea that the end goal is a romantic relationship. And I had to do that through, you know, trial and error for sure. (laughs) And I was able to, one thing that I am, because I am so empathic and so compassionate and so full of love and energy that I actually am really good at staying friends with people even after a relationship ends or they let me down in some way or they hurt me and and it's not a codependence thing in that case like it can be But in my case, it was like, okay, I'm able to like redefine the relationship and still see the good, all of the good things that I love about that person. And so, so that person and I were still really great friends. He, he was like one of my closest friends in the program. And so then when I left, the program because I basically was, I just, it was like, I can't, I can't have everything I talk about be about alcoholism. Like I'm done talking about alcoholism. I, I want to talk about spirituality. That was honestly what was happening for me. It was like, I had gotten to a place where I was, and it was truly, it was through meditation and it was in, in the 12 steps, this, you know, step 11 is prayer and meditation. And I just was like, I'm going to start meditating every day. And this is how, this is how I found God. This is how I found myself. This is how I found 
that love that I, and how I connected to the truth that like we all are love. And when I say God, I mean just this force of energy that was the source is the source of all of us. I, I don't mean it in any religious way. And in the 12 steps, the big book has God all like on probably every single page. It's a spiritual program. And a lot of people grapple with that. But it's, for me, it was, okay, I can get behind this idea that there's something. I don't have to define it. And it sure as heck doesn't have to look like anybody else's definition of God. And so through meditation, this is how I found this ability to separate myself from this, this cycle of attachment, essentially, of wanting to be attached to somebody in order to feel secure and safe. And by letting that go, and it, it was a process. I'm not saying like it did not happen overnight. It was, but it truly was through years of meditation. And even when I, I moved away from the program, but moved towards a yoga community, even there, I, I met people there where I was like, oh, he's going to be my soulmate. You know, and I actually have met so many soulmates, truly, like these are people that, these are beings, souls that have incarnated with me over and over and over again. And to be able to recognize that and also not have an expectation of what that has to look like has been so incredibly freeing for me. So I have relationships with men who I literally consider soulmates that are completely platonic and yet incredibly loving and affectionate and all of the things that one could want in a relationship with someone you love. It's just not um, what we consider, quote unquote, a romantic relationship. And I can honestly say, so now for these last few years, it was no longer, it just was like, I completely, this need that I had within me to find someone dissipated. And I even thought about, I was like, I'm like, am I supposed to be like, Sat Dev Beer, like Sat Dev Beer, who I talk about all the time because he's such a dear friend of mine and a mentor and a teacher and um, also one of these soulmates. Like we, he and I know each other <laughs> since the beginning. <laughs> and, and he is, um, he's celibate. And he talks about it freely. He's talked about it on um, other podcasts. We didn't talk about it on this podcast. Um, but he he talks about being celibate and how he essentially like made that decision to that he's meant to be celibate so that he can be completely neutral for the people that he is helping because he's a healer. He works with people one-on-one and there's just none of that. There's none of that weird energy where it's like, is he 
you know, is he into me? <laughs> I have a crush on him. Like, even though lots of women have crushes on him because he's gorgeous <laughs> and he's such an amazing person. It's just not that it's like not even an issue. And, um, I was, so I honestly, at some point, a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, maybe I'm supposed to be like that. <laughs> like, maybe I am like that. Because I truly just did not feel, it was no longer important to me, honestly, to find a romantic relationship. And so then in a session with him, I talked about it and I was like, I'm, you know, am I supposed to am I supposed to be celibate like for the rest of my life? <laughs> like I was asking the guides and it wasn't, you know, it was kind of like, you know, right now you're just focused on getting into your divine feminine power and your um, like becoming the master, the teacher, the, the mentor that you are meant to be. And it, you just don't need that distraction right now. That was kind of the answer that came. This was a couple of years ago. And, and I was like, okay, that's, that's really interesting. And so I just was like open to whatever, when I feel like at some point, maybe I'll feel like, okay, it's time to go back or just become open to it and the person will arrive. But it truly is no longer like I don't meet a man and think, oh, is he, is he my future somebody? That it just is not there. And it's because I have done so, I've spent so much time and energy in getting to know myself through my spiritual practice. And for me, that has been yoga and meditation. Maybe for you, it's a little bit of this and that. Maybe it's meditation and counseling. Like I, I do think it's really important to have someone in your life that you can that you completely trust is also neutral, not has no skin in the game. Like they're not, they just want the best for you, but they're also, they have no agenda. It's really important to have that in your life. And so then what is so interesting now Yeah, I can't believe I'm sharing this whole story because it's like anyone who knows me is going to know who I'm talking about. But so the, um, that person who I had had this, you know, really close friendship that started off with me wanting a romantic relationship with in, in the program, when I left, it was, you know, it was pretty awkward and I had to, and I, he was one of the one, one of the people that I like sat down and told him like, I'm doing this, like, you're not going to see me in meetings because we would see each other all the time. And, um, we gave each other space in the beginning. And for me, I was just like, okay, I'm going to give him the space he needs because he's processing that, like he had, he did, he had this attachment to me being in this community, I think. And (laughs) this is so funny. There were a few times where I texted him or called him because we used to talk all the time. And, um, and it, and I just wouldn't hear from him. And it was like, okay, I guess that's how this is going to go. This is how it is. And like he can't handle me being in his life but not being in the program. And I kind of just chalked it up to that. 
and we rarely even ran into each other. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll see him when I'm on my runs. I'll see him in the forest, but he'd be like riding by on a bike and we'd just say hi. And, and I remember thinking like, and he was, every time that happened, he was so happy to see me, but you know, he's riding by really fast. And so it was like, that's interesting. And then it was recently his birthday and I just, you know, just every once in a while I would think of him, but I was like, oh, it's his birthday. And I texted him, just said, happy birthday. And I realized when I went to text him, I had two phone numbers in my phone for him. I have no idea why. And I had been those few times I had reached out to him, I had reached out to him at the wrong number. (laughs) And so it was clear that, I mean, I just, so I realized that and I was like, wow. And then uh, of course this birthday text was to the right number. (laughs) And then I realized, oh my gosh, I've been making this story up this whole time. He didn't even know I reached out to him. He didn't reach out to me. So there is that, like he did need the space, but like, how funny is it that of course I didn't notice this until two years later. And I just was like, okay, that's so funny. I guess I was, we were just meant to give each other the space for this couple of years. And so that day he called, he called me and we talked and I was just so happy to talk to him and reconnect. And like, it was like, no time had passed. Of course, a lot had happened in these last two years, but it was just so wonderful and so hilarious to me to, to, for me, like realizing I'd been telling myself the story that he had, cause I really honestly thought he was ignoring, <laughs> you know, um, texts and phone calls. And so it was just like, oh, okay. So it, it's like, because now I have this completely healthy, uh, relationship with myself and I don't need the acknowledgement and love from outside. We can start to be in each other's lives again in some way. I don't know you know, what that will look like. I don't have, and I honestly don't think it will be anything beyond the beautiful friendship that we had. And that's exactly what the lesson I was meant to learn. And so I just thought I would share that because it's, it's such an example. I think many people, and this is not just women, men and women, we're constantly seeking the love outside of ourselves. Valentine's Day is like the whole Hallmark holiday part of it is just so hilarious to me because it's like every day, (laughs) every day should be filled with love. You shouldn't have to wait for a specific day, February 14th, for you to express your love to your the people you love. But whatever, it's it's become this whole thing and you can express your love in whatever way you feel called to do <laughs> to the people you love. Um, and you can also... What if you decide, okay, I'm going to be my own Valentine, whether you have a relationship or not, because I also think this is, it's like a, there's a lot of pitfalls in it when you're in a relationship because people have an expectation and then those expectations are rarely met by their partner. And it's just like, you can just throw all that out the window if you're the one giving you the love. 
So no matter what your relationship status is in terms of romance, I encourage you to embrace the relationship you have with yourself and cultivate that love within so that you can bring it to all the relationships you have with other people. It's so powerful. And I certainly, I don't do it perfectly. There are lots of people in my life that I could be, you know, more present for, I'm sure. But I, where I am choosing to spend a lot of my energy now is not only with this relationship with myself, but in now expressing and sending all of this energy and love that I know I like I receive from the cosmos I receive from other people and being this like free flowing energetic transmitter like that is truly what I you know I talked about this last week I receive energy this is one of my main missions on this planet is to receive energy and send it out. And so I'm doing that and I do it in a way that it's reaching all of you through podcasts. I do it through my, all of my offerings. When I teach, it truly is just like such a joy and blessing when I do these, uh, collective energy healing and activation sessions each month. It is such a powerful experience for me as well as for the people that come, you know, to receive and be there. And I just wanted to share that that is truly, it's just such an honor also to do that here on the podcast. And such an honor to be able to share the things that I've learned in my life experience here, but also in, yeah, the, the things that I teach, the classes, the, all of the offerings I do, one-on-one sessions, they're just incredible. And so I just feel incredibly uh, blessed to be able to do that and to be in a place where I can do so freely without having an expectation of what I receive back. I have, and this is not to say, you know, I think it's really, really important to know if you have codependent tendencies. Do you just give and give and give and do whatever the people in your life want? Having no boundaries. Then what you need to work on is this love within yourself, this acceptance for yourself so that you don't have to be the people pleaser that you've been trained to be. Maybe, you know, you have had a parent that was like that. Maybe you had a parent, parents that weren't giving of love. And so you became codependent because you were constantly trying to earn their love. But here's the thing. There is no, you don't earn anyone's love. It's, it's, It either exists or it doesn't. It's there or it isn't. And there are no conditions to it. When someone loves you, they love you no matter what. And if you don't have anyone in your life that is capable of doing that, then it's time to become that for yourself. And then you can start becoming that for others. And they then learn to be able to, they learn how to do that for others. It's an incredibly 
powerful cycle that you can create an infinite loop of love. It's already happening. It's already there. But for you, you to be able to do it consciously makes it even more potent. So give yourself some love today, spending time and energy with yourself. It really is the greatest act of love that you can give. And please enjoy the week, the energies. February is such a powerful month. There's so much happening (laughs) in the cosmos. So the more you connect to yourself, the more you can then start to connect to this energy that's coming in all around us. And I would just say the most powerful thing you can do if you don't have a spiritual practice right now is sit down and maybe start journaling and really ask yourself, what brings me joy? What makes me feel free when I do it? And do more of that. Give yourself some love today so that you can then overflow with it to everyone else. Thank you so much for listening. As always, please share this episode with someone you love. Rate, review, subscribe on any of the platforms you listen on. And I always love to hear from you. So let me know if you have any comments or questions. You can find me on thirdeyescience.com. Love you all so much. Sadnam. Namaste. Thank you.